Amen. Well, it's just good to be in the Lord's house this morning. Uh, we would uh, like for you to join us in our opening hymn, hymn 414, hymn 414, This World Is Not My Home, This World Is Not My Home, hymn 414. If you're able to rest upon your feet, we would love for you to join us in singing four verses, then we'll have an opening prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you so much for the ability to come here and worship you, Lord. I just ask that you just be with the saints here, Lord. Be with the Holy um, Give the Holy Spirit here in this place, Lord. Let it fill our hearts, Lord. Be with our pastor as he preaches. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, you glad to be here? Say amen. amen. Well, good to have my son-in-law, John, with this this morning. Got saved last Sunday. Amen. amen. What an awesome thing that is. Keep praying for them. We need to pray for all of our folks who get saved. It's because the devil's after them. And so keep praying for them and, and encourage them, okay, as they grow in the Lord.
obedience and command of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and upon your public profession of faith in him, I baptize thee, my brother, in the name of the Father and the Son, in Jesus' name, bearing his likeness.
Well, thank God for the cross, amen. And it's only by the cross today that we have victory in Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hymn number 596 as we stand. Oh, we already sang that? Oh, I knew that. I sang it. Uh, look and live, 338. Man, messed up my transition in that one, didn't it? Because of the cross, we can look and live. Amen. Amen. Let's sing that first, second, and last verse. seated. Welcome to Central Park Baptist Church. We're thrilled to have you here this morning. Thank you for coming and being a part of our service. I get to see things up here that you don't get to see. Uh, and one of the things that really thrilled me this morning was watching Miss Susie and Brother Dennis walk into the back of our corner. Welcome back. Amen. We have prayed so earnestly for you all. Welcome. We're glad that you're here this morning. We want to welcome all of our visitors here this morning. If you're a visitor here, or first time that you've been here, and you did not receive a visitor card, if you'll raise your hand right now, our ushers are going to come out there and give you a visitor card. I'm going to ask that you fill that out. 
At the end of the service, out in the foyer, we have a desk out there, and behind the desk it says, Welcome. And if you look for me, the old man with the white beard, that's not Santa Claus, uh, I'll be behind that, that desk, and I have a gift bag for you uh, to thank you for coming and being a part of Central Park Baptist Church. It's an honor to have you here this morning. There's many churches in the area that you could have attended, but you attended this. And I pray, Pastor prays, that this service will be a great blessing to you, and we thank you for coming to be a part of it. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9 as we prepare for uh, the offering this morning. I'm not preaching yet. I just want to give you, I I just want you to see in your Bible what God has to say. You know, sometimes it, and if you don't look in there, you think, oh, that's just what the, no, I'm just telling you what God had to say. And I'm just repeating something that he has already told us uh, about our giving. And he, if you'll look there in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, find your place, say amen. All right, I'm waiting. All right, I know you're still, you're not quite there yet. <clears throat> Found your place, say amen. 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 That's almost there. That's about 50%. So you're still, turn- that's in the New Testament, okay? <laughs> On page 300, or, you know, 330, somewhere in there for you. Uh, second, found your place, say amen. amen. Very good. It says, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap, uh, shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Listen, let me ask you a question today. Would you rather have sparingly or would you rather have bountifully? All right. It's up to you how God gives to you. And he just, he's already told us how that he gives back to us. And so I want to encourage you today to be a cheerful giver because God loves a cheerful giver. May the Lord bless you this morning as you give. Dear Father, we're thankful for the day. Thank you, Lord, for our folks, Lord, and pray, God, thank you for our guests that are here. I pray, God, that each of us, Lord, today will go away and say it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. Speak to our hearts. Uh, God, I pray that you bless this offering, bless the gift in the giver, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come.
dismissed for Junior Church, the uh, Korean ministry, you're now dismissed for uh, your worship as well. At this time, please greet each other as we prepare our hearts for this morning's Bible study. Please greet each other at this time. Without him I could do nothing, without him I'd surely fail, without him I would be drifting like a ship without a sail. Jesus, oh Jesus, do you know him today? Do not turn him away, oh Jesus, my Jesus. Without him, how lost I would be. Without him, I would be. I'd be enslaved without him life would be hopeless but with Jesus thank God I'm saved Jesus oh Kings chapter 19. First Kings chapter 19. We're going to read verse 1 through 8. If you're able, if you would please stand in honor and respect of reading God's word this morning. We'll again first Kings verse chapter 19. We'll read down through the verse 8 verses. Found your place, say amen. amen. <clears throat> and Ahab told Jezebel. 
All that Elijah had done. You know, remember when you were little and you'd say, tattletale, tattletale, hanging on a bull's tail? Yeah. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and with all, with, uh, with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me and more also if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he, Elijah, saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree and requested for himself that he might die and said, It's enough now, Lord, take my, take my life, for I'm not better than my father's. And catching what is going on, I'm not better than my father's. Uh, it says, and as he, or excuse me, but he himself, or well, I forgot my place. I've, and as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And, and he did eat and drink and laid him down again. The angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat 40 days and 40 nights under Horeb, the mount of God. You know, when God feeds you, boy, it lasts a whole lot longer than when, it, when we feed ourselves. Amen. Father, bless the reading of your word this morning. Help me as I preach, Lord, and I'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, if you're gonna, you know the story. Elijah has just, you know, at, at God's hand, he's had a great victory. And uh, he's killed about 450 of Baal uh, prophets and course, and we know, and he lived happily ever after. Did y'all, 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 y'all read, y'all just followed what I just read, right? No, that's not what happened at all. Uh, if you notice, uh, Elijah's kind of in a situation here, and if you look in verse 3, we'll read that. When, when Elijah, you understand that Ahab went and tattled on him, told Jezebel what he had done, and I mean, and, and when Elijah got wind that Jezebel was after him, uh, verse 3 says, when he saw that, he arose and went for his life. Yeah, yeah. Now, here's the first mistake, running from the enemy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you ever read of anyone defeating an enemy by retreating? Right. I've never read that. In fact, think about the story of David. Okay. I mean, think of, the Bible said that he ran to meet Goliath. He ran toward his enemy. Uh, let's think of another one, maybe Gideon and the Midianites. The Bible says that the men of Gideon, they ran down into the camp. I mean, folks, one of the easiest ways for us to be defeated and, and become discouraged is by not facing discouragement and facing our enemies head on. Uh, I mean, it, 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 the problem could be finances, the problem could be a family member, it could be your health. Uh, I mean, the easy way to lose against Satan is to run from him. Are y'all still here? Say amen. Uh, I mean, if Elijah had faced the problem instead of running, Jezebel would have simply been one more notch in his belt. One more notch in his spiritual holster, if you will. I mean, listen, he, and God would have, just like God took care of those 450 bells of prophet, God would have taken care of her too. And he would have saved himself a lot of grief 
and a lot of sorrow and a lot of trouble and, and, and burden and if he would have just listened to God. It's kind of like the story of a, a preacher who met and befriended this really brilliant lawyer in his city, and he and the lawyer had become good friends, but the problem was the lawyer was an agnostic. Well, on one of the uh, meetings that they had had and lunch meetings that they'd had together, the lawyer invi- or the preacher invited the lawyer to church, and, and a few days went by, Sunday came, and, and sure enough, while the preacher's on the platform, he noticed that the lawyer had come in and, and to join the service. Well, as he watched the lawyer sit down, he kind of sat down in the middle somewhere where there was a, a, a little boy who was uh, an autistic young man and, you know, just um, one of these autistic young men that just say anything. And the preacher was looking at this young man with the lawyer and the preacher. He's thinking, oh, man, I hope this young man behaves himself. And I hope he doesn't say something that, that will offend the lawyer. Well, everything went real good up until the invitation time. And, and that young man leaned over and whispered something to this lawyer. And the lawyer immediately left the building. And man, the preacher, he thought, oh man, you know, he, he was hoping to have an opportunity to witness to the lawyer and, and all these things are running through his mind. Well, during the week, the preacher kept thinking, well, do I call him or do I not call him? Do I call him or do I not call him? And well, the week went by, Sunday came again, and as he noticed, <clears throat> the lawyer came in toward the middle of the service during the singing, sat down in the same place. And But this time, the young man didn't sit with him, and the preacher thought, man, you know, he thought, well, we dodged a bullet on this one. Well, during the invitation, when as soon as it started, that lawyer came immediately forward and trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. Well, after the service was over, the the preacher went and, and talked to the lawyer, and he said, listen, he said, last week, he said, um, I noticed that uh, you were here, and that young man sat down beside you, and and I was just wondering what he said, or if he said something to you that would make you want to leave like you did. And this is what he said. He said, you know, last week, that young man that sat beside me, he asked me if I wanted to go to heaven. He said, well, I was offended by the question, and I told him no. He said, I do not want to go to heaven. And the young boy looked back at me and he said, well, then go to hell. The lawyer said, I've been thinking about that all week. And he said, I didn't want to go to hell. So he said, I came this morning and trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. Now watch this. That young man went toe-to-toe with that lawyer. Amen. He met that lawyer head on and he got saved. Listen, nothing positive happens when we are in retreat. I want to say that again. Nothing ever happens when we are in retreat. And I'm here to let you know today our country is in retreat. Wait a minute. Here we go. Now, we're all on board with that, but wait. Stay with me. You might want to put your seatbelt on a little bit. Listen, as a church today, churches just like this one are in retreat. Well, let's go a little bit further. Amen. Amen. Christians today are in retreat. 
Listen, we are retreating from morality. We are retreating as Christians from purity. We are retreating from holiness and from godliness. Listen, and I'm telling you, we cannot win the fight spiritually if we are going to be in retreat. We have got to put on the whole armor of God and get back to doing what God has called us to do. Amen. Listen, Elijah was running from his problem, and because he ran from his problem, he got discouraged. Listen, he was allowing his fear to control him. It is a dangerous thing when we allow fear to control us. Look in verse 11. Notice what Elijah says. He says, and I, even I, only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. You know what he's doing? He's having a little pity party, and he's the only one invited, and he is having a good one. Amen? Anybody here never have a pity party? Now, be careful if you raise your hand. You may be in trouble. Listen, we've all done that. And sometimes we think we are the only ones. We think we're the only ones that are standing for the right thing. We think we're the only ones that's trying to do the right thing. But listen, you're not the only one. You're, filled, you're in a room filled with people today or to, trying to do the right thing. But as a people of God and the church of God, church, I'm here to let you know, we must stay on the offensive. Listen, we today, God said the, the armor of God is for offensive. There's, no, there's nothing for the back. There's nothing for retreat. It's all for moving forward. Paul said, listen, I press forward. I press toward the mark. Listen, it's on the offensive. Nothing good ever happens, and we cannot win and be in retreat. Amen. Amen. We can never overcome discouragement if we're in, in retreat or controlled by fear. Second Timothy, write these verses down. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, it says, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, Amen. Amen. but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen. Listen, I, when we go out knocking doors, and it's going to get warm enough, uh, it's going to warm up, praise the Lord. I'm tired of, I just, I'm not, a, I know some of y'all are cold weather people, that's fine, I am not. And it's going to warm up, though, so we can go back out on Saturday mornings. Instead of putting flyers on doors, we'll be able to knock on folks' door and invite them to church. You know what that is? That's God's plan. Uh, and, and, and by the way, it's, a, it, it, it's kind of scary to do that. It goes against this flesh because, one, we don't like rejection. I mean, I don't like to be rejected. I don't like to be, you know, somebody to slam the door in my face, say, hey, get out of here, I'm not interested, you know. And I don't like that. It bothers me. And so before, while I'm walking down the sidewalk, listen, I'm thinking, oh, man. But listen, I come to the place as I'm walking, and I quote myself these verses, for God hath not given me the spirit of fear. And if I'll just go, and if I'll knock on their door, listen, God will take care of everything. And if they, if they slam the door in my face, okay, that's their, that's their choice. That's their privilege. They can do that if they want. But for me, listen, if they do it, then I'll just go to the next door. Listen, God didn't give me that fear. Amen. Say Amen. The fear, watch, the fear of dealing with a problem or the fear of confrontation with others only makes the problem worse. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 25. I like this verse. It says, the fear of man bringeth a snare. 
Now notice, it didn't say the fear of God brings a snare. It says the fear of man. God, uh, listen, uh, man's what makes you fear. Not God. God has given us, a, watch, God has given us a, the, the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. And, it, and sooner or later, you're going to knock on someone's door and they're going to be glad you came by. They're going to be glad that you left something on their door. They're going to be glad that you're there to tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. But God does not make you fearful. Amen. That verse goes on to say, The fear of man bringeth a snare, but watch. But whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Amen. God's going to take care of you. Amen. Listen, it's all right. Listen, it's, it's all right to have a little apprehension, I guess. Or, but listen, uh, my brother told my... Uh, nephew one time he said dad I'm I'm kind of scared about that and my brother said oh well okay be scared doing it yeah. and I thought that's pretty good yeah. well if we're a little apprehensive about things or about knocking on somebody's door we'll be apprehensive while you're knocking Amen. and listen and when you, when the conversation starts this all that'll go away right. you say well, how do you know well I'd been there and do that every Saturday that we go out Oh, but you're the preacher. Yeah, but that doesn't mean anything different. I'm, I'm made out of the same stuff you're made out of, and I have to overcome this flesh the same way you have to overcome it. But I put my trust in God, and greater is he that's in me than he that is in the things of this world. Amen. Amen. Elijah, uh, let fear get to him. Look in verses 8 through 10. Uh, Elijah's sadness and was due to his forgetfulness. Now, when you read this story, you're kind of struck with the, uh, the, think about this, with the lapse of memory that Elijah has. Now, think about it. Here he is. He's run off. He's let this Jezebel, you know, get him. I mean, God gave, think about the victory that God has just given him. Listen, what a great victory. I mean, he mocked those prophets. Maybe he's asleep. Maybe he's busy and he don't have time to talk to you right now. Listen, he just, he's giving them what for. And then he, he, he calls down fire from heaven. The water's lapped up. I mean, everything. God answers prayer. And then 450 of them are lined up. I still remember the, the statue, Brother Coy. Um, we went to where Elijah was supposedly of there, and he, man, he, boy, they've got a, a statue there, and he's got a sword in his hand, and, and you can close your eyes, and you can almost see God working through Elijah to take care of these 450 prophets of Baal. Listen, but now here's Elijah. He's, he's got a short memory. He's forgotten all the miracles that God has performed, watched through him and for him. If you look in chapter 17 and look in verse 1, just turn back a few pages. He had forgotten the miracle of the drought. We've mentioned, he says, As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. I mean, it didn't, it didn't rain. Because he simply said, God, listen, I pray, Lord, you'll just not let it rain. And listen, God, didn't, he didn't let it rain. 
I mean, watch this. He had forgotten the widow at Zarephath. You remember her where the Lord turned her little cruise of oil into an endless supply? He forgot about that. He forgot now he raised the widow's son from the dead. He forgot how that God had destroyed the prophets of Baal. Listen, after all the miracles that God had performed before Elijah, we find here this great man of God, he's hiding in a cave and he's sad and discouraged and he's thinking he is the only one left. Christians today have a bad memory. Come on, y'all say amen. We have forgotten that we serve an awesome and almighty God. We have forgotten that we serve a God who answers prayer. We have forgotten that we serve a God who, who watch, who answers our, our, answered our prayer of salvation. We have forgotten that God wrote our name down in the Lamb's book of life and has given us eternal life. We have forgotten, listen, that He has promised us a home in heaven. We have forgotten that one of these days he is coming back after us. We've forgotten all those things. We have forgotten about the prayers that he has answered in our life. We have forgotten about, listen, about the things that God has blessed us with in this life. And then when we come to a little problem, we kind of sit and we say, Oh, God, I'm the only one left. God, I come in, it's been, Lord, it's been three days since I've had a blessing. Say it, come on, we've all been there. Listen, what a pity party. Look in verse 4. He travels a day's journey. I mean, he, I mean he's already traveled a little ways, and, and he drops his servant off, his helper. Oh, you stay right here. It's just not necessary for you to come and bear all this with me. Amen. I know this is just a burden I got to bear on my own. I mean, I know that you, you've tried, and I, I know that you've been my helper, but God, you just, you've gone off, just right off into the sunset, and, and I'll go and face all this on my own. After all, I'm the one that has to deal with Jezebel, and, and now, and then he gets under the juniper tree, and he said, now I'm the only one left. He couldn't have said that, I mean, after all, if he brought a servant with him, he couldn't have said that. His pity party wouldn't have been near as good if it had taken his helper with him. So he's under a juniper tree, and he said, Lord, just kill me now. There's no sense in me going on. You know, I've done all I can do, you know. Oh yeah, Lord, it's true that I that you that you took care of them prophets of Baal. It's true, God, that Lord, you raised up that 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 child that was that had died. It's true, Lord, that you took care of that widow woman. It's true, God, that you brought great miracles in me. But I'm done now. I, 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 you've taken me as far as you can go. Poor God. Amen. I mean, God. Oh, Elijah has used God up. God doesn't have anything left. You know, if you look in Jonah, chapter 4, and verse 4, it says, Therefore now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee. Jonah's doing the same thing. Take, I beseech thee, my life from me, for it's better for me to die than to live. I mean, Jonah and Elijah, they were like that. <laughs> they could have had a, you know, it's, it's a, you know, they'll say misery loves company. You know, when we get to the place where all is left but self-pity, then there's not much left. Yeah. 
But that's how we sometimes act in response to God's love for us. And it's really foolish for us to stay discouraged. Yep. I mean, we don't want to admit it. But sometimes we can get down in the molly grubs and we, you know, uh, we, we like to stay there. Some of y'all are old enough. Y'all remember Minnie Pearl? Yeah, and the tag on her hat. Yeah, you remember that she always talked about, you know, somebody said, man, where'd you, where'd you get the hat? She, oh, down the dumps. I got that. When I'm down the dumps, I always get a new hat. You know, a lot of people like to stay down in the dumps. A lot of people like to, you know, if they're discouraged, you know, uh, they get kind of like a, you remember the Pharisees when they fasted? They want everybody to know. They put some ashes on their face and their clothes were all dirty. They wanted, to, they wanted to let people know that they were really doing something for God. And you know, I've noticed sometimes when folks get a little discouraged and they're down in the dump, they want everybody to know. Man, you know, man, we're down in the, our, our mouths are turned downward and... And, and I mean, we're just, you know, we're just kind of have that disheveled look. And, you know, and, and somebody says, oh, how you doing today? Oh, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> Listen, if I see somebody like that, I'm not going anywhere near them. <laughs> and I'm certainly going to do my best. Listen, I've learned this. If you don't want to know something from somebody, don't ask. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Uh, listen, I'm I'm concerned about folks, and I want. But listen, I'm telling you, uh, when when people are discouraged, I listen. I I want to try to encourage them, but if, if people don't want to be encouraged, you're not going to help them. Right. If they're discouraged, they and they want to stay discouraged. Listen, it doesn't matter how much Bible you quote them. It does not matter how much you tell them that God is an awesome. God, and it doesn't matter how much you tell them that, that God is a, a, a God of blessing and a God of favor. Listen, if they don't want to be helped, there is nothing you can do to help them. And here's Elijah. He's that guy. He's run off out there under the juniper tree, and, and he has forgotten everything. Listen, it's foolish. When we get discouraged and stay discouraged, we choose to be discouraged or not be discouraged. Yeah. And it's foolish for us to forget about the love of Almighty God. I mean, all you got to do is think of John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That that ought to encourage us. That ought to put a smile on our face. That ought to help us to realize that, God, listen, God does love us and God is still on the throne. And, and no matter what is happening, listen, uh, Elijah should have realized immediately that, listen, who's Jezebel's? Why, who is she to, to threaten me like that? I serve an almighty God and, and God's going to take care of her. Well, listen, he t- she did or God did take care of her and it took 40 years later but he didn't have to run off and hide out under a juniper tree to find that out. You know, there's been times that people jump on me for things, and you know what I'll tell them? Don't worry about it. I'll just tell God on you. I mean, you know what? God said he fights our battles for us. Listen, look, notice something else. Look in verses 11 through 13. Let me turn over here. And he said, go forth and stand uh, upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a, a great strong wind rent the mountains 
break in pieces the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, what's it say? A still small voice. Listen, uh, through the miracles of the wind, the, the, the earthquake and the fire, God is reminding Elijah that he is all sufficient. God tells Elijah, listen, if I, uh, if I can bring the wind, if I can cause an earthquake, if I can cause fire to run along the ground, listen, am I not sufficient to take care of you? Listen, God is more than our circumstances. God is greater than all his gifts. He's more adequate. Watch this. He's more adequate uh, than, than any situation that may come up in our lives. Amen. He's El Shaddai. Amen. He is God who is sufficient. You know, look, it's, God wasn't in all those other things. Do you know that a lot of people today, and, and Christians and churches, they're looking for the spectacular. Oh, man. I, I mean, all you got to do is go online sometimes and look in some worship services and and I mean it's spectacular and I mean I'm telling you the musicians are they play anything yep and they come up with their hats on the smoke is going the lights are dim they're the thing you know say how do you remember all that well I went to a rock concert one time had all that (laughs) yep um, the church today and people are looking for the spectacular. They're looking for, I mean, our, I was telling brother, I believe it was brother uh, Marco the other day that the world is so geared when we watch TV or something. I mean, the scene changes about every second. And then we come into a place like this and, and you know what? Our attention span is not very long. Because we, because the society and TV and stuff and media has conditioned us to be something moving every, all the time. And so now we come to our churches and we have to incorporate or something. We have to incorporate that to, to keep our attention. But listen, I'm telling and, and I'll tell you, honestly, churches like this can't compete with that. You got to come for the right reason. You got to come to meet with God. You got to come to hear from God. Listen, because God's not in the, he's not in all that stuff. He's not in the earthquake. He's not in, listen, he's not in the big wind. He's not in all that. Listen, but he is in a still, small voice. And if we can come to the place where we get quiet, judge, listen, we don't like to get quiet anymore because when we get quiet, we get in our own minds, in our own thoughts, and in our, uh, the Holy Spirit may say something to you and say, hey, there's this little problem right here. You need to take care of it. What? Wait, hey, wait. Where's all I need this? Listen, all that other stuff takes our mind off of that still small voice of the Spirit of God. And, and it brings us, takes us away from that to where we don't have to confront those things in our lives. But listen, God is in the still small voice. Still small voice. Listen, I want you to understand, but if, if we'll allow Him to speak to us, He's all sufficient. You know, Jesus has come to prepare us to live. Think about this to take life as it is. I mean, and it's, when it's good, when it's bad, when it's hard, when it's easy. 
Listen, he's come here to help us to understand that in all the difficulties, all the hardship, all the trials, even the defeats, all the adverse circumstances, all the crushing disappointments, all of the heartaches, listen, that God is still sufficient. He, listen, God is able. Have we forgotten that we serve a God that is able? We sure have. Elijah's sufficiency Listen, he forgot that it's in a God who is able. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. It says, now unto him that is able. Hmm. I guess he's able. Amen. I mean, that's not deep theology. But I can, I, we understand that God is able. Amen. You have a problem? Any of you facing any difficulties? God's able. Burdens, God's able. Financial struggles, God's able. Yeah, family that needs prayer, God's able. Listen, things in your personal life, God's able. Listen, whatever it is today, God is able. But you have to allow him, listen, you have to allow him his own way in your life for you to figure that out. Yeah, God's able. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Listen, no matter what your problem or what your need, God is able. Um, We sing this song every once in a while. It was written by a William Ogden. And it says this, "'Tis the grandest thing Tis the grandest theme through the ages rung. Tis the grandest theme for a mortal tongue. Tis the grandest theme that the world there sung. Our God is able to deliver thee. He is able to deliver thee. He is able to deliver thee. Though by sin oppressed go to him for rest. Our God is able yeah, is he either he is or he ain't? Listen, Elijah forgot. And if I'm if I, just as sure as I'm standing here, and I don't I'm not don't mean this ugly, but some of you have forgotten. Yeah, um, that he's able. What's well, Elijah's sufficiency is in a God who is ample. Uh, there may come a time in your life when you feel you don't have a friend in the world. You ever get to there? Oh, yeah. Now, let's don't point our finger at Elijah and say, yeah, look at him. He's over there. Look at the white. Look what he's doing. Yeah, man. Get, we have a tendency to say, get out from under there, Elijah. What are you doing under there? Wait a minute. Yeah. You've been under the same tree. Right. We've all been in there. We've all had our own little parties under our own juniper tree. Yeah, but so before we start pointing our finger at him, let's remember, listen, we're made out of the same stuff. And and listen, and and sometimes we feel like that we don't have a friend in the world. Our best friend has forsaken us or our family member has hurt us. But remember, God is ample. When everyone steps out, God steps in. 
You know, it seems like when we start having problems and things, you know what everybody seems to do? Well, where did they go? I mean, man, they were just right here. I mean, I can be doing something with my wife sometime, and I'll be talking, and I'll look, and there's a stranger standing there. <laughs> and she's done off somewhere else. Yeah. Yep. And I'm thinking, hey, hi, how you doing? You know, same thing happens sometimes when we run into things. But listen, God is always there. The Bible says he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And when discouragement comes, just remember Elijah and how God encouraged him. And let God encourage you. Listen, you go read the rest of the story. I mean, there were often times, you remember when, when the, his servant thought that him and Elijah were overwhelmed by the enemy? And that they were, and, and the, uh, the servant of God going, man, look at them, look at all, the, we are surrounded. We're surrounded by the enemy. What are we going to do? Woe is me. Oh, no. We're, we're, we're doomed. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. We get there. And Elijah says, hang on just a minute. And Elijah says, God, just if you'll show him what's going on. And God, listen, God opened the eyes of that servant and he let him see the, the myriad of angels that, had, that were surrounding them. Right. And you know what? I have a feeling that he went, okay. <laughs> okay, God's got this. You understand that you're, God's no respecter of person. He does the same thing for you. Amen. Yeah, but we forget. Have you forgot? Uh, maybe you've forgotten that God forgives sin. Yeah, maybe you've forgotten that uh, that God will carry your burden for you. Yeah, you know, I, I, one of the men asked me, "Are we going to leave that up there again?" I said, "Yeah, we'll leave it up there another Sunday." Maybe you're still something that you need to nail it to the cross. I mean, just come, lay your burden at the cross, and leave it there. Whatever it is, God will help you. Maybe you're here this morning and you think, man, uh, man, I'm really, I'm really discouraged, but I don't know about heaven. Well, listen, Jesus died on the cross for your sin. Yep. Uh, the only way you can get to heaven, though, is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We're going to talk about that a little bit this afternoon. Listen, I'm, I'm here to let you know that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Amen. Yeah, I mean, I, I, was, I happened to watch a video or just the first part of it, and this preach, preacher was talking about how, you know, uh, all these people that are are bent on eternal security. And I thought, okay. I said, I'd be one of them. Uh, but I'm here to let you know when you're saved that the Lord gives one kind of life everlasting. Yeah. Uh, you say, yeah, but uh, what if I mess up? Well, you're made out of flesh. And then you come and you get that right with God. But God, listen, David said, Lord, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. You'll lose the joy, you'll lose your fellowship, but you'll never lose your salvation. Amen. Amen. But we still need to stay right with God, Amen. according to him. If you don't, the Satan, oh, devil's going to get you with discouragement, and you'll wind up out of, the, out of the race, out of the fight. So you come. Father, help us, Lord, this morning. I pray, God, that you'd, as we look to Elijah, Lord, he was sure, he sure forgot.
He was forgetful. He was fearful. And, and Lord, he forgot about the, the blessings, God, and the miracles that you had bestowed in his life and that you had used him. God, help us to go on and read, Lord, how you, you encouraged Elijah. Lord, you fed him. Lord, you didn't reprimand him. You didn't uh, belittle him because he was out there. But God, you fed him. And you encouraged him, Lord, the way you took care of him. And you refreshed him. And I pray, God, that you'd help us, Lord, learn and understand that, God, sometimes we need to a little refreshing. But, God, that only comes when we stay close to you. So, Lord, I pray, God, that you'd help us this morning. Maybe there's someone here that's burdened. Maybe there's someone here that's discouraged. And, God, maybe they're also forgetful. I pray, God, that you'll... They'll listen to the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit of God that's in them today. And, Lord, that you'll help them to come today to this altar and receive a victory that comes only from the fingertips of Almighty God. And I'll give you praise. Lord, maybe there's someone here today that's not saved. God, I pray that they'll come. Lord, I pray, God, they'll realize, Lord, without the Lord Jesus Christ, like that lawyer, he'll realize that he's lost. And that he does not want to go to hell, Lord. If there's somebody here like that, I pray that they'll come. Do business with you. Trust you as Lord and Savior. And we'll give you a praise in Jesus' name. Amen. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, nobody looking around. Just between me and me.